you ever heard a strange noise in the middle of the night? Ever seen something you couldn't quite explain? What's that? Ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? What are you? Psychic mediums Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons Polito talk about it all. Welcome to the Psychic on the Scene podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Psychic on the Scene. And as always with me, my wonderful co-host and friend, D. Scott. Hey. Hey. And my other wonderful friend and co-host, the lovely Michelle Lyons Polito. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we have a really special guest tonight. We have um, the you know host of Haunted Five One Eight, Juliana. And I'm going to say it wrong again. Is Haliti? No, that was right. <laughs> oh, okay. Haliti. <laughs> it sounds like something like from like Star Wars, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so I was fortunate enough um, a couple weekends ago to be a guest on your show and um, just talking about some paranormal things in the capital region. But your show has so many places locally that people ask us to go to mm-hmm. and want us to feature. And you've been you've been doing it all along, kind of ahead of us. So um, so welcome. Thank you for doing this. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. So, Juliana, tell our listeners about, um, like, why you got started, why your passion for this with things that are haunted in the Capital Region. Yeah, so I've been at it about a year now. I just had my one-year anniversary episode, which is crazy. Wow. Congratulations. Um, I can't believe I've been doing it that long already. <laughs> and, um, it pretty <clears throat> much stems from growing up in a house where things unexplainable things happened and I felt a female presence growing up and I would see and hear things that just were out of the ordinary and then that um ability well hang on a second where was that where was uh, that that I grew up in Clifton Park Hmm. right off exit eight and it was just one of the old raised ranches in those neighborhoods that they're all cookie cutter from the I think ours was built in the uh, early 70s and it was just one of those things that I never felt comfortable there. And it was weird because oh. I had a great like family dynamic, but it was just an unsettling house. And I always felt this female presence that I couldn't explain. And um, here's an interesting story, just a quickie. One of the most haunted locations I ever um, encountered was in Clifton Park. Really? Oh, wow. And it was, uh, yeah, and it was of a woman. And it was, they actually, they actually wound up where that was. Um, they kept reselling the house. There was oh, multiple murders, so murders, murder, suicide in the home. And it was probably late sixties, early seventies. And um, they said the even houses nearby mm-hmm. would have experiences many years later where somebody, they would see somebody, somebody would be tapping at the window or they would mm. hear somebody at the door and then obviously nobody was there. So yeah. um, I always thought that was kind of interesting because it was all farmland and those houses just like popped up in the middle of those fields out there. So, but the fields just, have I, history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 
So yeah, there's, a there's the famous house on Route 146 and Plant Road, I believe. It There's a Y in the road. And yes. um, you can Google the newspaper article. The, the mother killed the whole family and then committed suicide in the really? house. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I covered that in my Clifton Park episode because it was always like the spooky story we told ourselves <laughs> when we were growing up. <laughs> so there. that's the actual family that I've read yeah. for. Yeah. And the belief wow. is... The belief is she didn't, and that's what I got. She didn't do it. Wow. And, they, and the belief is that it was kind of covered up in the community. I got to oh chill up my spine from that one. And um, it, yeah, that she, she was actually one of the victims, not one of the, you know, she wasn't the killer. And they wow. staged it to look like a suicide. They staged it, but it was back during that time. And there, there were some people connected in the community that might have, yeah. Um, switch the, the narrative of that story. Wow. And I believe even 30, 40 years later, the um, descendants, the families, had uh, uh, like somebody else look at the autopsy information. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the original um, coroner was still alive. He was like in his 80s. He had the file. Wow. And he had the information. So there was some things. I don't think it ever got completely changed, but there were some things that they were able to look at and that made the family, I think, feel a little bit better about that. But that, that to me, later on, I think they actually took down the home. They did. It was recently, too. It was within the last, I think, four to five years, not mm -hmm. too long ago. And it yeah. was literally because nobody could live there. Wow. That's what I heard. It wow, was so crazy. haunted. Nothing's gone yeah. up in that spot either. No. Yeah. Really? I wouldn't build there. <laughs> no. 146 right? and Plank, you said? I, yeah, I think it's Plant. Uh, it's, plant. Route one, it's right behind the Lowe's on one for, where 146 and 9 meet. And if you go east on 146, just past Route 9, there's, I'm be, I believe it's Plant Road that you can veer to the right. And it's at, it's right at the Y there. And it was set up on a little bit of a hill, probably like yes. 30 feet above the road. Um, and it really stuck out because it was the only thing in that Y. And it was a big white raised ranch style house. And right. yeah, if you Google it, you can see the corner, um, the images of the people taking the bodies out in body oh bags, the coroners. And you wow. can see like the front porch and the stairwell in those images. It's really sad. I think yeah, I'll tune into that. that to make sure that, that those spirits have crossed over. I'd love that. So um, before I interrupted, um, <laughs> so continue with where this picks up, you know, yeah. kid, kid growing up in Clifton Park and then turns into um, your yeah. passion that you're, you're hosting your show. Yeah, I pretty much had three major things happen to me um, in my young teens and later teens that really just made me uh, question reality <laughs> to the point that I was like so utterly terrified by it but also mm -hmm. fascinated by it that it just mm -hmm. made me want to pursue it even more and then in my later 20s it just ended up being um, the case that when I would go to people that had abilities they would tell me you know you have to deal with this it's a life it's going to be a lifelong battle because you have this level of empathic <laughs> ability yes. that Right. Not gonna go away. <laughs> but yeah, I had a, a a a great friend, a best friend, I should say, in middle school and high school who 
her her parents were separated and her father lived in uh, right outside Keene, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. in a really tiny town called Brattleboro, which a lot of that is like you bury your family on your own land. The houses mm -hmm. are generations and generations old. It's dirt roads. Um, that was exactly the case for her grandfather, for her grandfather's house who had passed. It was now her father's house. And the things that we heard in that house were so terrifying to me that yeah. the father actually ended up we went out there every weekend for about two years and oh, wow. the second year he paid for a hotel for us for every weekend for the whole year he just paid out of pocket because mm -hmm. we had gotten so scared because we were hearing uh, some something would just run up and down the hallway all night long constantly um, when we were all downstairs you just hear footsteps and running upstairs and things would be moving a lot of the time around the house when we weren't home. Um, oh. And she would always say, she always told me that her dad would say every day before he left, he'd say, dad, if that's you switch the two baseball cats caps on the end of the TV, switch them. And that would never happen. So it was no, interesting because the activity picked up only after he passed. So there was this weird, like, I don't know, like we didn't feel like it was her grandfather, but it was the, the honestly the footsteps to this day. That's still one of the scariest things for me to hear. I I'm terrified right. of that because it's so unmistakable. And um, yeah, we would. The house was really interesting. We would have a lot of bonfires out back, and you could just see like lights turning on and off when all of us were outside. And uh, it culminated with. So we were, my friend and I were the only ones that would sleep upstairs. Everybody else just happened to, the father crashed on the couch by the TV and our, her younger sister was so little. She was like 13 or 14, just loved sleeping bags next to dad on the floor. It was just fun mm -hmm. for them. Um, so my friend and I would go upstairs and we would hear the running right by the doorway all night long. And wow. the bathroom was just adjacent to the bedroom we stayed in and this is really what causes us to say, if we're coming out here, we're not sleeping here. We we used to do this thing where we would hold each other's hands and close our eyes and then take a deep breath and open our door, run into the bathroom, do what we needed to do for the night. Same thing, hold each other's hands, <laughs> deep breath, close your eyes, open that door and run in, run to the other room. And when we got back in the bedroom after having finished our routine, I mean, the door had just barely latched and we got the most violent banging on our door. And then the, bathroom door the bathroom door swung open, the toilet flushed, the shower turned on, the sinks turned on. It sounded like someone just wiped everything across and like the shampoos bottles hit the window. And then the wow. next morning wow. went in there and there was just, everything was all over. <laughs> and then it ran back down the hallway after about four minutes, five minutes of just really causing a ruckus in there. And that was the night that my friend looked at me and said, I'm scared. I wasn't scared before this. You've been very scared, but she was like that. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so her dad said, no problem. I will put you up in like the red roof in or wherever we stayed, Howard Johnson. And he paid, I couldn't believe he paid no questions asked for us. Cause he was like, dad. I know how this house is and I don't want my daughter and you know, anyone to be terrified. So that really just there, that was among many things that happened in that house. But that was the night that really <laughs> I said no more. <laughs> yeah, and those are the things too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Macy. Does your friend experience this stuff to this day? Do you know? <clears throat> so her father actually passed in a really tragic accident 
out there on one of the dirt roads oh. and um, the state had to take the home. So she doesn't have access to it anymore. Okay. Um, but up until she did, it, it was about, yeah, it was about 10 years after we had, she had still been going out there and she had still been experiencing that. But then she had to get rid of it. Like the state took it very quickly, like within a couple months of his passing. So there wasn't any time for her to even be in there without being very busy. Right. I wonder, does she experience things other places now? Do you still keep in touch? Uh, I do. Yeah. Not to that degree. She (laughs) um, definitely has, but nothing, nothing even close to that. Wow. That's it. That's intense. My sister lives in Brattleboro, which is interesting. Yes. (laughs) It's a it's an old town for sure. So cute. Yeah, I know. I know I used to love so, going out there and then that changed. Anymore. <laughs> so where else did you have? I mean, it sounds like you're a person kind of like us that is not only clairvoyant, but you're very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you you pick up things anyway. So kind of yeah. making it um a project or a hobby or something for you to focus yeah. on kind of takes back your own power when you're having those episodes, mm-hmm. I know I, you know, these are all experiences and, and now I can understand more about, you know, connecting with other people about how this all works. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to talk for. about it sometimes because you do feel crazy. Yeah, crazy and alone. <laughs> crazy and alone. Exactly. It's one, we're probably like anytime I teach classes or I'm speaking, I say, this is one of the only rooms that you can be in and you don't have to start the sentence with, you might think this is crazy, but <laughs> yeah. everything we do is a little crazy you might think this is weird but but yeah so um yeah that's that's good stuff so um and was there another place you wanted to tell us that yeah the other thing that really uh changed a lot for me and prompted me to kind of embrace all of this was um it's it's kind of a long story but long story short is that I had moved into an apartment in Clifton Park um, and <laughs> my, my husband and I and um, it was okay for like the first I don't know eight or nine months and then I had never really been comfortable there and I felt like a male presence and mm-hmm. and then it just started getting like more and more aggressive not in a malevolent way but in a desk there was like a pure desperation that just lingered Mm -hmm. in every room and I felt like I felt like I was being watched I could see myself being watched and Hmm. and then a bunch of stuff in a pretty short amount of time in about a six-month period shit just like hit the fan like my (laughs) husband became the most dark and depressed he is not a he's a very upbeat Mm-hmm. loves life person and he turned into a totally different person and had no perception of that he didn't he yeah. just didn't even know he didn't agree if it was brought up and yeah and so it got to the point where I was having all these like very extraordinary financial issues coming up that were just constantly like just not normal things to come mm-hmm. up that were just burdens for us and then um it was getting to the point where I was afraid to like be there alone. So I would wait outside until my husband would come home and we were on total opposite schedules at that point. I was working two jobs. He was working his one job. And um, so I'd wait outside and, and then what ended up happening was, so my routine, when I would go home, if I was alone, I would always 
open the front door and I would look at the floor. I would never look up. And I would walk to every room and, and look only at the floor. Um, and then I would turn, go room by room. And it was a two bedroom apartment. So it was, it was pretty big. Um, there was a hallway where these six doors converged, the bathroom storage room, oh kitchen, boy. living room, two That's bedrooms. Really so good. I really hated the door frames converging like that. That really mm-hmm. made me anxious. Um, and so I would walk to every single room and turn the lights on before I would actually lift my head and look up. And I was just terrified. And it just became, I don't even know where I've never done that before in my life. It just became routine for me. And um, mind you, when we moved in, one of the, just a side note, the first day we moved in, the neighbors came upstairs and said, we're throwing a barbecue because thank God the crazy girl left. And we were like, well, what does that mean? And, And they said she was over the period of the year she was there. She started talking to someone that wasn't there. She was alone and she ended up, um, trying to flood the apartment. It was very weird. She turned on all the faucet. There's no way you could have flooded. It It was a wooden, wooden structure, two floors. Um, but she got, I guess, taken out kicking and screaming. Oh my God. The poor woman just saying that someone else lived there when they didn't. And she had just had completely lost her like sense of reality. And they were like, Oh, we're so glad she's gone. You guys are normal. (laughs) And then cut to like a year and a half later. And I didn't feel very normal, Mm. but I, I didn't tell a single soul about any of this. I didn't even talk to my husband about it because it just felt, I don't know. It felt weird. weird. You know what? It's kind of like, you know, spirits can kind of do this kind of like gaslighting people yes. that yes. the narcissist or gaslighting and it's slow <laughs> so when you're watching yes. these movies and i love them i love the scary movies too they're getting in a lot of stuff really really quickly but truthfully like the the real case of the what the warrens um did worked on mm-hmm. with like the conjuring that was over a period of time there were yeah. things that happened probably in clusters or it got worse towards like yeah. when they came in, but it was over a period of time. So when you have that, the first few times, especially if it's poltergeist activity um, or uh, even more ma- malevolent spirit, mm-hmm. they start very low. It's they they, um, yeah. they like turn up the volume, and part mm-hmm. of it, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg. I think it's your fear. Like at yeah. first, you're kind of ignoring it, like, huh, that's bad. Or and then now you're saying you're walking in you're not looking up you're dreading it you you have like it. real um heavy feelings about the doors like yeah. merging that one hallway so if there is something there that is of a negative nature mm-hmm. it would feed on that it does totally. because right but it's, so- it's a very slow very yeah. slow, pervasive. There are some cases, I shouldn't say that because Michelle and I both have dealt with them that are a lot of things and it happens all at once. Mm-hmm. There's usually something that's a trigger. In your case, the trigger probably was just the house was like that. Having and, a in Right. The, having a person there again yeah. and the other one leaving. It's, exactly. so, it's like a slow possession. I have done quite a few clearings where people complain about personality changes and sometimes it's a ghost and you know if you were an asshole of a human being you're going to be an asshole ghost yeah okay can i first say that michelle like kind of like whispered it like somebody else is going to hear we have thousands of listeners a lot of people are going to hear you say asshole (laughs) 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 i just 
come out of my shell. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but sometimes they're the negative energies or entities. But I would, I wonder who's in that apartment now and Mm -hmm. how many people have been driven crazy by that I wonder that a lot, too. Have you done research on? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't even thought to do that, actually. It was right down the street from, it was on Old Cemetery Road in Clifton Park. So one of the oldest cemeteries in the area and owned by Bruce Tansky. Um, And yeah, I just never thought to like, they just, it felt like a new enough building that I never even Um, crossed my mind. But now I'm going to. That's a great idea. And sometimes it doesn't need to be right on that address. A lot of times there's a farm or or even a cemetery. They will find the closest energy to feed off of to be parasitic. Those are the... That's old Route 146 too. That intersects with Cemetery Road, and that's the oldest route in all of Clifton Park. Those old, um, those three Stage old coach. historical buildings are right on the corner, not even a mile from that building. I never even thought of that. Wow. Because yeah. now, did the entity? It felt male. Can you? Did yeah. it feel like of this century? Do you get a feel for like? Yeah. So I I got a picture of like it was pretty prominent of who. I could describe the person Ooh. like it was a bald male. Mm-hmm. He seemed like in his thirties to forties. And it was one of those things where I would be like washing dishes and I could just feel someone peeking around the corner at me. Yeah. And then it was so mm-hmm. annoying because no matter what room you were in because of that stupid hallway, there was always another room that the two doorways matched up. So if I was sitting on my couch on any part of my couch, I could see my bed directly. And it was always mm. like just him sitting on the edge of my bed, just, but like bug eyed, like desperation of like staring at me, like really invasive, Jeez. really annoying. And the way I see things is that I see either shadow figures or uh, this is, I don't know, this is weird to describe it this way, but that everything does. it feels like I see the molecules of everything. Everything feels very pixelated. My God, um, my really? son says that. My son all the time yeah. says I see pixelated forms of things. That's why exactly. So yeah. they're like it's just this weird shift in this pixelate this like molecule uh uh realm, I guess. The the plane yeah. that I feel right. like is there. And it's so easy to for your eyes to snap out of that because you're busy, you know, looking at the book in front of you, touching and feeling things. But exactly. when I concentrate, I see that. And then, um, and then in my mind's eye, I just, the, the image comes perfectly through. And so, Ooh. yeah, what the scary part for me was what ended up happening um, was that I was at my desk at my office one day and a woman that I knew through a coworker, um, her girlfriend, you know, lived at the property that I worked at, but I really only just, hi, how are you? And she was in the office, nothing more than that. She came in and uh, one day and she was like, I have to ask you, do you, are you terrified of your apartment right now? And I, and I didn't know anything about her. She didn't know anything about me. And, um, and I said, yeah. And she said, are you not looking up when you walk through your door? And I said, yeah. And I hadn't told, I hadn't told my best friend. I hadn't told anybody, not my husband. And then she said, okay, third question. Do you turn all the lights on before you look up? And that was a huge turning point for me because I was finally validated and Mm -hmm. it turned out to be a really wonderful relationship where she kind of introduced me to a few things, but then also that 
fear and terror kind of took over. Um, yeah. And she was like willing to work with me and, and explain like how she saw things and perceived things. But she was adamant about it being someone. And I still to this day, am adamant. It wasn't the person she thought it was. And then, and I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, but um, when I talk about this, I almost feel like this person that helped me could, can hear me. Yes. And I say things like um, there, I felt, I feel like her intentions were not in the right place. Like I felt mm -hmm. like I was being taken advantage of a smidge. Yeah. She really mm -hmm. was wonderful. She introduced me to a lot, but then there was the dark it side got to the point where she was encouraging me to do a very specific ritual to open a portal and I was not interested it started really mm -hmm. terrifying me um and so having that validation from someone I just ended up going to I just literally googled like um, I just was like I need to go to someone else in the area and um a medium came up on Groupon actually <laughs> and I went to on medium and um, awesome the thing that terrified me the most is that in this we're in this time that I spent with this woman and worked with her, she said to me, if we do go ahead with this ritual and you do want to call forth people, um, she said, you do have to be prepared for your psyche to be in a little bit of shock when you come back to the real world, because you might have a little bit of like a mental breakdown. She's like, oh. not everybody can handle it. But she said, I walked into the office that day because I have never felt the energy that I felt from someone like you. She said, it's been like 25 years since that happened. Mm -hmm. She was like, so I just felt drawn <laughs> to you. And I felt like I should give you this if you want it. And, um, and so she told me, <laughs> I'll never forget this. She said, if we do this, you just have to be prepared. She said, uh, she goes, they will come while you're sleeping. They will hover over you while you're sleeping and they're not good. And I, and I was like, I don't need to know who they are. So, so what it sounds like to me though, I'll, I'll kind of give you like, cause I just had somebody over the weekend message me. It sounds like she actually was very psychic. It sounds like she actually had a lot of ability. Yeah. What she didn't have was a lot of skill oh, and she might've known some things, but it, it, like Michelle especially knows how to like shut them down, quiet them down, and close the circle. Anybody that works with spirit learns to do some of that other stuff. So you know what I want to say about that? You she came along at a point in your life when you really needed it. Yeah, and absolutely. You listened to your gut. I did you listen to your own gut, your own intuition, and said, hmm. Maybe I need to rethink this. Mm -hmm. And that's probably yeah. the biggest lesson you could have ever gotten from all of that. And you when got the I validation went, and you knew, but then you knew this wasn't yeah. the right person to yep. stick around. We, we've all had that few, experience. There was like a few yeah. weeks where I was like, I don't know. I just, something doesn't feel right. And then I just kind of wanted a second opinion. So I just literally went on Google, like probably <laughs> like 1 a.m. I went to this <laughs> other medium and I'd never seen this woman before. And I, you know, been, I was with her for about an hour and like 10 minutes before our hour was up, she goes, can you just sit tight for a minute? We were talking about like, you know, friends and family that I knew who had crossed over. She walked out into the waiting room and she was like, we're going to have to reschedule. She said to the person ahead of me, behind me. Uh, yeah. Behind me. And, um, and then she came back in and said, 
I'm going to give you the next hour for free because I just got the distinct feeling you're working with someone that's practicing black magic. And I said, that's what I felt, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, I said, that's the reason I came. I didn't say anything. The question I went to that psychic with was, should I go through with that ritual? And I didn't tell her that that was in my mind. Wow. And she, and she said, I cannot even begin to explain to you how terrifying things will get if you pursue this. And then she said, exactly. This still gives me goosebumps. She said, I'm telling you, if you do this, things will come in the night. They will be hovering above you and they will be very, very bad. And to have two people who had never met, never talked, tell me those exact same things. It kind of shook my psyche to the point that I was like, well, I need to embrace this. And also I'm incredibly curious, but I am going to trust my gut and walk away from it. And I think Haunted 518 is the result of that, really, because I have been able to indulge in all of these things that happen around us that I feel connected to, but I still feel safe. So it kind of of created my own safe space to do it because that really petrified me. And let me tell you, I... I left my husband for like six months. I moved out because he wanted to, he would not leave that apartment. And he turned into this other person. And I said, I love you. I said, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm literally going to another apartment, you know, another side of town. And he ended up going home for a while. And um, as soon as he physically moved out of that apartment, he turned back into his old self. And uh, I I was like, but he was possessed. (laughs) It was terrifying. Yeah, but see now you even having the five one eight show. I really believe that when you make that turn in the road, you make that decision, you really create like a synchronicity in your life that you keep. You'll keep attracting the people that you need to learn from or to get more information from that helps you on that higher road journey, the higher vibration journey. So that's probably why you know your own <laughs> personal spirits and spirit guides are, are helped you create that so that's amazing let's get into yes, yes. what i really want you to talk about for yes. our listeners you do a whole a couple episodes i believe on um haunted campuses yes. in the capital region and the 518 so I love um, Please dish. Yes. Get going and tell yes. us what you know about the haunted campuses where everybody's kids are <laughs> that are listening to this show and they want them to themselves. Awesome. Thank you. Well, first, I want to say thank you for just letting me tell my story because I don't get to tell it often. And I, I just really appreciate uh, oh you gosh. just being willing to, you know, let me talk about it. And then um, I, so my little oh list my. that I have, I kind of tried oh to organize it in the order that like, I think based off of my research are the most from most haunted to Ooh. the ones that I found the least information about. And I think okay. the first one that I wanted to talk about, Katie, you'll especially be excited about because we're both alumni from uh, St. Rose. And nice. I was actually curious, like, of your, your personal stories there, but there's a lot to be said about um, St. Rose so itself. I will tell the story. Um, and I don't even know if I've told this in its entirety on our podcast or even at a show. So um, I went there in 1984. And I lived in Lima Hall. And it was only the first or second year that they had men on campus. So it was a big deal, you know, this <laughs> Catholic school that was an all-girl college. And now we had um, a really good basketball team. They had recruited a lot of guys for basketball and baseball. So that was really what freshman girls, they were all like, you know, thinking about. So we were not allowed 
to have, um, there was only certain times that boys were even allowed up on the floor <laughs> and um, they weren't allowed after a certain time in the evening. So the, um, I believe Lima Hall is five floors, but almost so. from the very get go, I, not so much in Lima, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one story. I went over to one of the halls and it was, I believe on Madison Avenue. Yeah. Um, one of the girls and I, it was right next to the music hall, which is also in the theater. The music hall and the theater is known. I like for centuries of being haunted, yeah. but the house that was next door to it, and you know better the name of it, Juliana, I can't remember, but mm -hmm. um, I went and I had on like shorts and a sweatshirt and, um, you know, like a hoodie that had a pocket in the front. So I had my meal card and she, the girl I was with said, I got to run up and get my meal card. So I was standing in the vestibule and I was looking around and there was this really pretty window, very Victorian building. And mm -hmm. keep in mind, this school, particularly St. Rose, bought up like whole blocks yeah. of, of old homes that people had lived and raised their families or were doctors. So I'm standing there and I heard violin music. And mm -hmm. for people that don't know, St. Rose is a pretty musical school. It's a, mm -hmm. um, a school for educators and like um, people that go into broadcasting, but there's a lot of musicians that go there. So I could hear somebody playing violin. It was really pretty and kind of melancholy. And then I started to hear somebody sobbing, like a woman sobbing. Wow. So I looked up the stairs thinking, was the girl that I just with, or was she upstairs like crying? And that rest of the house was very still. So with that, she comes bebopping down the stairs and I go, who, are you okay? Was somebody up there crying? And she goes, we're the only ones here. And I oh said, gosh. I oh just gosh. heard a violin. And I said, then I heard a woman sobbing and she went, oh, you heard our resident ghost. She oh, waits in the wow. window for like her husband to come home. And he never mm. came home. Mm. And I was like, oh. So I had a, a very auditory experience there. But what's actually started happening in Lima was we would all be sitting on the floor, you know, eating pizza and drinking. And there'd be like, say, like seven or eight girls all sitting around and we'd be talking. And you had these um, built-in wall recess closets. You had two closets and then like a, a vanity in the middle with a mirror and a light above it. So um, we would be sitting on the floor, not doing anything, but probably, you know, doing shots and we weren't supposed to be doing that during tequila. <laughs> and all of a sudden a bottle would flip out from the back of the, the, like the vanity onto the floor. And we'd all kind of, the first few times, remember I said it's like slow, insidious, yes. Um, kind of just went, oh, that's really peculiar. How did something like that happen? Again, just dismiss it. Well, one night, my roommate and I um, moved around the configuration of our bedroom. And her head was like up behind the closet. The closet was recessed wall situation. My head was at the foot of her bed. Like there was probably like a space, like maybe 12 inches. So... Lori was not a huge believer um, in the paranormal or any of that stuff. So she wakes up in the middle of the night and she says, what are you, to me, she says, what are you doing? And I said, what? And I was very disoriented. She goes, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you sitting on my bed? Are you okay? And I 
was in my own bed and I looked up and I said, Lori, I'm not sitting on your bed. And we both sat up at the same time. She said, something's sitting at the foot of my bed. So my eyes are adjusting and looking and the light from the street was coming in the back. And you could see a perfect like fanny indentation at the end of the bed. Wow. Wow. And it looked like somebody actually stood and there obviously there was no, but it, so that means it was sitting there looking at me. Oh, it wasn't oh facing oh. her. It was sitting on her bed oh. facing my head. Holy shit. Oh, so, man. Um, so then we were having like little mini experiences, but I kept having things like getting moved. Like I'd be in there and, and something would move or a light wouldn't work right. Or then all of a sudden it would work. And the heat was really iffy in the building. Yeah. So um, one night, Lori called me up and I think I was in like Carondelet at a party <laughs> and she called, we didn't have cell phones then. she called on their house phone knowing I was at the party. And one of the guys came out and said, um, your roommate, um, sounds upset. She wants you to come back to the room. So I come back to the room and she said, okay, I got to tell you, she said, I'm trying to go to sleep. And she said, every time I lay down, she said, a man keeps stepping out of the closet. Now, remember, Lori's not the believer. So um, I said, what? And she said, he keeps stepping out. She goes, and he's just standing there in the closet. So I, you know, like looked around. There wasn't anything. And she was like, all right. you know." So I wound up hanging out with her. A few weeks later, she has a friend from her hometown come and stay with us, which obviously, again, is not uncommon. And um, she came in the room, turned on the light, and she was schnockered. And she was talking to me. And as she came across the room, she stepped in an ashtray. And she, like, <laughs> ice skated across the room. And I'm laughing at her. I'm like, oh, my God, you are shit-faced with that. The light above her, it was almost like it got mad. It exploded. It didn't oh. just, the light didn't go out. Oh. The main light in the room, it literally burst and it shattered everywhere. Holy so God. when I think we wow. went from being like, ah, like laughing along, we were like, whoa. <laughs> so um, another night, I was up very late and I was watching like David Letterman or something. And I knew uh, one of the girls who was an art major across the hallway. She was up all night cramming. She basically had like 12 works of art to do. And she didn't get any of them done like through the semester. She was doing them all of that night cramming. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I could hear her music on. And then all of a sudden I start hearing this weird buzzing sound. Almost like if somebody had like a, like a little airplane or something. And it was mm -hmm. going up and down the hallway, go up to the ceiling and down oh. to the floor and to the end and come back again. And it kept doing this. So finally, I was like, what is that sound? Like nobody should be awake. Like was somebody messing around? So I opened up my door. Marcella opened up hers at the very same time. And as we look, like we followed the sound down that end of the hallway, all the garbage cans, which were huge industrial garbage cans, go boom, boom, boom. They knocked over as if oh somebody was like fleeing the floor. Wow. Wow. So we, we both at the same time, she was like, bitch, you saw that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I 
telling what that was. So, um, again, around that time, now we're not sharing, and nobody's talking about having other experiences. So, um, around that same time that 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 entity, whatever that was, sat at the end of the bed. I woke up in the middle of the night when my roommate was really, really drunk. For some reason, she'd think I could take out her contacts. And she'd be like, take out my eye. And I'd be like, no, 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 Lori, I can't take out your contacts. Nothing grosses me out more than somebody pulling at their eye. So anyways, she would be at the, that, that where I was telling you, like that vanity with the drawers underneath it. And she'd be standing there trying to take out her contacts. So I wake up in the middle of the night and I look over and the light was on above the vanity and I thought I was looking at the back of Lori trying to get her contacts out. And I said, are you okay? Do you need help? And um, she didn't answer. And I said, Lori, what are you doing? You're trying to, trying to take your contacts out? And she woke up and she was still in bed. Holy and she said, Katie, I'm over here. And I said, somebody's standing in front of the vanity. And you could see oh, um, wow. like a, like an, almost like, like the head and like kind of like an oval black shape in front of the vanity and what i realized was um anybody that's ever experienced thing, it seemed to be like undulating like the the it didn't stay firm the shape of it it kind of like moved oscillated and then i looked down and it didn't go down all the way to the floor it was probably up about a foot off the floor and it kept like moving and undulating and and got smaller and smaller and then just disappeared and we both wow. saw it. So right around that time, we share our experiences with other roommates. And each one of them, all up and down that hall, were all having things. One girl was getting woken up every night. She was having vivid, horrific nightmares. Wow. Another one, they were having things moved around. So one of the final scary things that happened what, to me before I went home and got my rosary and my holy water. Um, <laughs> I was up late one night and the bathroom in Lima, huge bathrooms, obviously girls dorm. It had two entrances and say I was on the left side entrance where our room was to go. And um, so I went in to use the bathroom and nobody's awake. Nobody's in there. And remember men are not allowed in Lima hall during that time. So I'm sitting there to go and tinkle. And I'm <laughs> thinking of a song from staying alive in my head, you know, like one of those earworm things. I've got it in my head. Well, all of a sudden I start to hear somebody moving around in the back of the bathroom, which is where the shower stalls are. And then there's tubs on the side. Oh boy. I can hear somebody and it sounds like big, like a big person, like walking. And then he starts to hum the song I'm thinking. Holy crap, Katie. When I say to you, I absolutely froze. I was paralyzed with fear. Wow. So it stopped. And then he started walking and I could hear it was men's shoes. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like kind of like hard sole shoes on those, those bathroom tile floors. Yeah. And he was coming slowly. It was like everything you've ever seen in a horror movie. <laughs> um, and he's humming this song. I got out of that bathroom so fast and ran to my bedroom and locked the door and was doing every prayer I could think of. And the mm -hmm. next day I went home to my mother's and I got holy water and I brought back holy water um, and my rosary. I blessed the room. I blessed the floor. The only place I didn't bless 
I knew it blessed the whole building. I didn't bless the fire escapes. And for that whole season, the rest of the season, the fire escape, you'd look up at Lima Hall and the third floor, the lights were blown out on the fire escapes. So I think I banished it to that location. And somebody had said whether there was truth to it, that at one time, that was the, the building that was the crematorium when the nuns were there. Oh. So, so um, I don't know if at some point, Juliana, you could probably get that validated. But um, yeah. and then years and nobody talked about that stuff back then. Years later, um, so many other people told me of their experiences throughout the campus because I talk about it openly when I do my shows and I say, oh, you know, I, that was one of the first times I ever had a haunting. But that was pretty terrifying to me because it wasn't somebody's family. It wasn't it was random. Right. And yeah. Kind of, kind of um, like an angry spirit. Yeah. It it sounds like, and it just like yeah. to, to like like to mess with the girls and freak them out. Yeah. Right. I it enjoyed it. It enjoyed that yeah. that kind yeah. of like terror. But um, that, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's Carrie Hall, based off of what you're telling me, based off of the yeah. research I've done. But even more so, and I told this in the episode I did on, on St. with St. Rose included, I, one of my best friends lived in Cary Hall. I never did. I was in oh. Lima and oh. I just got chills because the bathroom was the worst spot for her. She would not use that bathroom because it, she, there would always be someone else in there when with her, when no one physically was with her. And yeah. I'm not kidding you. The humming is, was absolutely something she heard too. Really? I can't remember if it was. Do you um, know that that's the third time really? you think at least there's three other people like randomly. I got stopped doing a class one time and somebody specifically came to tell me that they were hearing the humming. And I was like, yep. God, it's, yeah. it, just like you said, you're kind of embarrassed to say that. Well, I heard yeah. humming. He was, he was humming a song from Staying Alive. <laughs> she used to make us go in the bathroom while she showered. Like her boyfriend, if he was there, she'd be like, you have to just sit in here. <laughs> and she'd make me do it. And mm-hmm. and sometimes I would just go in there alone because I'd come hang out and I'd just sit to just see and she was she hated that bathroom and i i'm like 99.9 it's been over a decade since i was in my bachelor's but i'm pretty sure carrie hall was the was the hall she was in i know it started with a c and charter yeah. hall is the other one um my friend Kathy, one of my best friends lived in carrie hall mm-hmm. and when she was there and she said that um whenever they had a guy say overnight who wasn't supposed to and she graduated from high school in 1084 like i did so she went there they would see his figure coming in and out of the closets. And oh, if they had a man, a boy stay overnight, he'd actually make the fire alarms go off. Yep. Oh, wow. And that was another thing. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. I think that's Carrie Hall because that's yeah. based off of, um, or I'm sorry, that is the most haunted of the, there's several on that strip that the, the Dean actually discusses every year in the fall around Halloween. Really? Yeah, they oh, do yeah. that presentation. It's so out in the open. You talk about yeah. coming out in the closet. I love so it. Out in the open now with St. Rose. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I wonder how people feel. Like I would yeah. have been afraid to go there when I was, you know, yeah. that age. It's interesting because they fully embrace it. And it's so funny because I've not just within like the college and university area, I've reached out to establishments to ask if like 
an employee would want to share a story. And I get just as much as I get like, heck yes, I'd love to share it to you. I get like, we don't want this establishment to be associated with the paranormal. Please don't repeat that. Please don't investigate further when like, clearly there's a history there and there's been a lot of things reported. So like the bachelor mansion up in Saratoga, they were very, they were very like upset that I contacted them. They were like, please, we don't want to be associated with that. Meanwhile, a a movie was filmed, a horror movie was filmed there in the the (laughs) 90s. I mean, really famous one. So (laughs) it's got all these reports of um, the history behind it and paranormal. So I'm like, you kind of can't get away from it, but yeah, they, they shut me down pretty quickly. (laughs) I just, I just sound like Carrie Hall. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got, um, called uh, to do a clearing uh, this fall for uh, a dorm at uh, I'm not going to get the exact address but um, I have it on my text because she had, <laughs> it's a friend's daughter in the 900 block of Madison Avenue. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all it is because it's yeah. Carrie Hall is 944 Charter is 923 and Qu- Quillanon, it's hard to say, Quillanon yeah. Hall is 953. Okay. And, well. Carrie is like the most active. And the reason I think also, Katie, that was the house is because that's the one where it's the the antics are very like playful and they border on like trying to scare you, but they're also just playful, like things being knocked over, playing with your mind, really disturbing. That from what I've researched in Carrie Hall, it says there's a mother's spirit still there because her baby died in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, an apparition of a man who went off to war because it was his childhood home. And then also the spook of the gardener um, from days past hangs out there. So definitely two males and one female are known to be connected to that. The woman uh, crying is absolutely yeah. audible. It was the, heart. Like yeah. when I said it, I felt it. It was heartbreaking. And which oh, house was that? So sad. Carrie. That was Carrie too? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Because between the women and the men um, that you guys are describing and the prankster aspect, because they say... It's interesting because they say like a lot of the reports are playful antics, like tossing of clothes, like students will pack up to go for the holiday or pack up because they're moving out and they'll come back in and their suitcase will just be all over, tossed all over. Um, And also um, like things flying off of windowsills on perched on certain areas like bottles and stuff, candles coming down. It's interesting though, there was one report I read that said, Although it's like very prankster based, the mm-hmm. the overall feeling is that it's kind of like um, like those spirits are considered like guardian angels because they are watching over the home because it meant something to them. So a mm-hmm. lot of people report like within these paranormal experiences, a very comforting, warm feeling. I didn't have, my friend did not have that experience. It doesn't <laughs> sound like you had that experience. No, but, I did not have a warm, yeah. warm feeling with the one over in yeah. Lima. No, 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 no. There's also another really fascinating, I'd be curious what both of you would think of this. The one story that is probably the most prominent in the St. Rose uh, paranormal history that they go over is that one of the sisters Dorothy Flood um, she lived there and when she was heading down the stairs this like fiery uh, ball of 
like oh, energy that one. shot yes. up towards her and the she fled upstairs to her room and the the college padre at the time he told her she witnessed what you consider saint elmo's fire and mm-hmm. um he said you know you just witnessed a miracle like so, like a once in a million lifetime thing and so he, that was always really known um as that and it, and he said he told her to take it as a good omen I was like, mm. well, a floating ball of fire coming at me. <laughs> that would not be my first assumption. That that's it's good. good. It's good. It's good. Just ignore that. <laughs> Just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Throw some cap like on that. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think like, because um, Charter Hall and Quillanon, they're so close together. Um, Charter is basically musical instruments, people hearing uh, flutes, uh, the flute music being played. And then Quillanon is pretty much about, um, there was a little girl living there with the family before it became a dormitory. And she, she passed and it was about in the 1970s when she's her spirit students started reporting that her spirit, the little girl's spirit was showing up kind of just asking them if they'd want to play with her. Um, And apparently some St. Rose students, this is, they tell this at the, the Dean tells this at the, the presentation he does annually, but students brought in a Ouija board because they wanted to try to contact the the little girl. Uh And they found that she was seven years old. The Ouija board told them she was seven years old and she passed in a fire. And um, this college had no record of a fire happening at the building. But then um, when they were doing renovations, continued renovations as a dorm they found the under the stairwell was all charred when they actually took that wall down so they wow. do think there was a fire that uh was just not recorded or if it was it got lost over the years and um yeah and then they also say she's known the little girl's known to play tricks on the residents too so she's definitely a prankster also wow and, I, re- and- I do remember that story of people talking about that that um about the the little girl and, uh, you know, just that, that it was almost like a loving spirit, but whatever that was, was, but also too, this formation, it's a V, you know, that like Mm -hmm. a diamond formation for the campus. And I think a lot of it would like congregate with the energy. So they probably were going from place to place. Not unlike, by the way, Michelle and I have gotten a lot of phone calls and kind of jumping on you, but um, SUNY, you you are me. God. Yeah. Yes. I so think it gets theory. trapped in there, right, yep. Michelle? It is trapped in there. It's the architecture. It's it's like a yes. funneling and an amplification of the energy. So those energies feed off of each other and off of all the human energy that we put into it. So right. it amplifies too, probably, right? Because we right. talked yes. about the water being such an amplifier for for energy. And man, there's water. That, I mean, the fountains. There's several major fountains on that campus. Like dead center too, which probably doesn't help. (laughs) Exactly. And then there's that pond that someone died in, they got electrocuted in. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Albany is interesting because that architecture is so uh, unexpected and oddly 
chosen for this area that it's it's very very (laughs) odd (laughs) i know that at uAlbany because it was founded i did some research last year was it was founded in 1844 and it was just one building called the state normal school the new Mm -hmm. york state normal school um and i had a lot of fun i actually did an art piece based off of the original building that it was um that it was when it was the normal school Mm -hmm. and um it was definitely interesting, but the the two notable locations where ghosts pretty much exists that I've heard are the Indian quad and the alumni quad, which are both residential quads. Mm-hmm. So they're basically dormitories. Yeah. And um, it basically is said that since 94, the ghost of a young girl wanders Mahegan Hall um, and then Pierce Hall in the other quad is where people have encountered apparitions of a woman, but not much is known about the woman herself but basically constantly students report witnessing apparitions unexplained phenomena like books being thrown or dropped from somewhere um but dropped by an unseen entity and then they also i thought this was interesting they interesting they report seeing um apparitions pacing in the hallways and these apparitions are it's clear that they cannot it's almost like residual energy. They, it's very apparent that this thing, whatever they see, doesn't realize there's other people around them. Um, so I always thought that was really interesting to have that residual energy interactive feeling. Spirit. Yeah. Okay. So right. yeah, those are, St. Rose is a big one. Albany is big. And um, let me tell you, during the pandemic, I had to go and work there alone in my building for like oh. a year. And I was terrified. <laughs> Every time oh, I left, wow. went to work there, it was so quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, in, in the immediate area, Sage and RPI and Skidmore, those are the other big ones. And um, Sage Do you ever hear is, anything about Sienna? Actually, I was looking for Sienna and I don't know if I, I don't think <laughs> I ended up finding anything to talk about in, okay. in that episode yes, I did. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. You can uh, delve a little. That's one of the schools okay. that's still trying to keep it secret. But oh. look into that one a little bit more. There was okay. a fire. In, I think it was Heinz Hall. There was a priest that set themselves on fire. Ooh. And um, a lot of young students um, experienced meeting him or seeing him or feeling him around. And my, my son attended there. And he had um, experiences. They did some ghost hunting. They literally came to the house. And he goes, Mom, I told my friends we could ghost hunt over at school. And they came and took dowsing rods and my detector and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what house can you go to? And they've got all that shit, like, over on their desk. Like, take that, take that. But anyways, um, and they did have some experiences there. Weirdly enough, when we were at orientation, my daughter was very young. My kids are t- 10 years apart. And um, it was like the second day of the orientation, you know, for the family and all that other stuff. And Sarah was having none of it. She was like, I like want to get out of here. So finally we said to Nicholas, you good if we go now? And he was like, yeah, go. And uh, so walking across the parking lot and Sarah's still like whining. And she's like, and I'm tired and I'm hungry. I want Chinese. And that building is full of ghosts. <laughs> and my ex-husband and I were at the same time like say what and she goes the people in there they can't breathe they've got issues with their chest and so, oh. so I tried to research thinking there was something going on and I think it was Heinz Hall um, um. and couldn't find anything well when Nicholas had one of his friends over it turned out that 
at one point it was like a makeshift TB facility. Oh, my gosh. So here's here's this, you know, 10-year-old girl. And I want to go. I want to eat Chinese food. There's people in that building that can't breathe. And really want to. We need to go. But yeah, so there's Thank some stories on that. What, so what are the ones, just quickly, briefly, can you tell us about some of the other campuses? Sure. Yeah, so uh, Sage is has a creepy story. It's short, but but sweet. <laughs> it's creepy. It's sad too. It's um, Sage being nearly 200 years old, mm-hmm. uh, what we now call the Sage College of Albany. It used to be known as the Albany Orphan Asylum. And in the Ooh. 1800s, a building caretaker actually purposely started a fire in the basement and killed many of the children that live there. And mm-hmm. so it's rumored that those are the spirits that haunt, that haunt the grounds. And Sage is fully embraces this history and they actually do a like theatrical performance where um they get into historical characters from that time period and try Mm. to just like pay you know a little bit of honor to the people's lives that were lost that were victims and so it's it's interesting that they they do that it's pretty open but yeah that's like the most tragic history because it was just purposeful um and, and all, they, all the I believe the caretaker passed in the fire also. And so hmm. I believe he's also still lingering there, according to some reports. So that's a heavy one for sure. And um, Sage is interesting because when I walked by it, I don't know why I never wanted to apply there. And maybe that was why my instincts, because I just never felt it's so beautiful, but it seems it like it's steeped in things that I <laughs> don't know if I could be around. Sage in Troy or Sage in Albany? Uh, Sage and Troy. Okay, yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, Sage College of Albany. Okay. In Albany. Yeah, and then RPI in Troy, um, The that one, there was uh, some interesting information that I found in my in my research. It was the West Hall is, <laughs> they say, uh, is the most doomed to be haunted because of its history, because it yes. used to be an old, ho- the old Troy Hospital, and mm-hmm. um rumors are there that a ghost name or ghost of a nurse named Betsy is still rumored to walk the West Hall. A lot of people have reported seeing her. She worked in the psychiatric ward and um, people report hearing her playing the piano as she used to do to calm patients down. And uh, they also get a lot of reports about people hearing people screaming and crying in addition to doors and doors slamming and like thumps and bumps. And um the Albany ghost tour spooks, which are the people who do like the walking tours, yeah. they mm-hmm. partnered up with RPI because again, RPI is pretty, um, they, they enjoy it. They embrace it. Yeah. So RPI partnered up with Albany ghost tours pre pandemic. So I'm thinking they're going to probably resume it and they do something called spirits of Rensselaer ghost tour. And so they just take participants through the Institute's past and they do uh, dressed up in character. They do their historical lore nice. walking tours. So that's also, that's on my radar to see if hopefully when things start going back to normal, I can, get on that tour and if you Uh, drive by west hall because my son went to rpi i had a very hard time driving by there and one time i was driving by at night and it's gorgeous but creepy as hell there was a nurse looking out the window at me so if you get a chance even yeah just drive by there and and these these guys can just (laughs) whip around like total whiplash with that love it she had the classic nurse hat i mean the whole yeah, 
Oh that God. had Ooh. to be Betsy. Oh, that just oh gave me goosebumps all over. <laughs> she's there and she's yeah. just looking out. The, you'll see. Wow. By. Have you been by West Hall? Yeah, I've driven yeah. driven by because uh, the art scene in Troy, I kind of have to be yeah. between Troy and Albany pretty often to be, keep up with everything. So absolutely. Check her yeah. out. She's cool. there lingering oh by the window. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Are there, Juliana, are there any other stories or any yeah, other places? The, the two other places that really are like the ones that I think are the most interesting are Skidmore, staying in the immediate area. In mm-hmm. Skidmore, um, uh, there's in West, another West Hall, um, West mm. Hall for Skidmore, for, uh, people report seeing uh, just a woman apparition and she she's always seated and then she stands up quickly and vanishes. Um, and then there's supposedly like a cold case murder of a woman from mm. that uh, associated with that building that attended and lived in that building. And Ooh. then um, there's some students that report like seeing like, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. They explain it as like, if they're looking at a blank wall, the blank wall starts to like, almost look like a face is appearing Mm -hmm. or like dimensionally coming out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did find that report a lot. And then um, the best, the best known story in Skidmore tells of a quote unquote hanged Skidmore co-ed, but it's interesting because it stems from the story stems from a death that involved neither a hanging nor a co-ed. Um, it says after a freshman in 1966 told her West Hall doormate of an apparition at her dressing table who was sitting and then stood up, people brought in um, a Ouija board into the room and the pointer sped, spelled out a chilling message saying, I died in this room. And um, basically they, it, it said, the Ouija board said, Ouija board said that I was murdered and I was, uh, my body was bricked up inside the closet in the wall and so um the students got spooked they put it away and then basically three like three to four years later one of the students just couldn't get it out of her mind so she did go to the police and just say i want to let you know this happened if if it helps in any case you know that you've worked you you're trying to any unsolved case that you're working on and then the police chief actually ended up having one and they did discover a body behind the wall in um in west hall so it was really crazy yeah and it's in uh there was a a mysterious death and um at 75 spring street which is the address of west hall but they think it was the building that was there before Uh, west hall that something uh might have happened but they said uh bones had been discovered behind a closet wall he was wow isn't that crazy that's That's a fascinating one and then and then yeah and then the last one that i think if anybody's interested in this topic that's definitely worth there's many and there's some really great uh Resources I'm sure out we'll there hear from our listeners that they want to like chime in with their own stories or, yes, or yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The last one would just be Plattsburgh because Plattsburgh has a lot of um, a lot of history. I have a, a good friend of mine that lived up there. She was a corrections officer at Danamora, um, mm-hmm. close to Plattsburgh, and mm-hmm. um, just Danamora has a ton of really yes. negative like dark energy and just spirits in general there. So it, at Plattsburgh, um, the main thing is McDonough Hall. That's the one that you'll find the most information about. Um, I mean, and it's just, 
a list of things you hope you never hear or see in your life, like <laughs> toilets flushing in the night when you're alone, radios turning themselves on and off. This is the worst one, I think. Eyes staring out of dark storage rooms. <laughs> oh <my laughs> uh, yeah. Disembodied okay. eyes, just that phrase brings chills to my spine. Mm -hmm. uh, doors that are unlocking themselves, the bathroom lights flickering. Um, and then the tale, the tale with the, with McDonough Hall is that before it became a residence hall, basically this wealthy family built it with the intention of selling it to an institution of some sort to make money for housing for um a, to be used as a dormitory and they had an old butler named Mortimer who um as time went by unfortunately he became to have he came to have mental health issues and he one night he did kill their daughter and uh, stashed her body in the attic and there are brick walls in the attic so the feeling that the lore behind it was that they think he built an additional brick wall to hide her body for a certain amount of time um, and a lot of the residents now hear reports of a young girl just screaming bloody murder oh and um, and a man oh. laughing for sure. And uh, yeah, it's it's also interesting that one other thing to note about McDonough Hall is that pre its existence, it was built on marshland that had to be drained and excavated. And mm, the water. The, yeah. yeah. In the in the marshland, they found. Uh, three graves that were so corroded you could only make out one of them and they did end up find, finding a few tidbits of information on the people and they found human bones um, in there too so there was definitely three people laid to rest exactly on the site of where McDonough Hall now stands so yeah, um, wow. disaster. definitely interesting so yeah Plattsburgh, Skidmore, Sage, RPI, um, UAlbany, St. Rose and I'm absolutely I'm excited to look into Siena and find out more but those are the big ones amongst many in the area we're gonna have you back to talk about more oh we're time. having you back because i, I i'm going through and i haven't heard all of our podcasts yet again tell our listeners um your the name of your show and where they can find you yeah so it's haunted 518 and um, you can find it on pretty much any uh, podcast platform. Um, I know that you can, if you go to Anchor, that's through who I publish through, you can find all of the outlets that it's on, but the big ones like Stitcher and um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, I know that it's on among uh, many others. And, um, and then we're on Instagram is The Haunted 518. And our Facebook page is Haunted 518. So there's a the on the Instagram. So <laughs> I, I wasn't the first one to get Haunted 518, unfortunately. Oh, that's so funny. But, um, but yeah, it's nice because I post weekly when the episodes are coming out and promote them. So it, it crosses over. So whether you're on Instagram or Facebook, you should be able to see it somewhere. And um, well, perfect. And yeah, and please, I just tell people, send your, my, the best part about this has been really getting to know the history as well as the lore of this yes. place. Because I, you know, born in Albany, grew up around here. I, I love it. But I also just love telling people's personal stories. So I just encourage mm -hmm. people to write in thehaunted518 at gmail.com or DM me or send me a message. And I'll always be happy to share any stories that are sent mm -hmm. my way. Well, we're, we're definitely having you back because there's there's really one are. in particular about Indian Lake I want to talk to you about oh, next yes. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Absolutely. thank you so, so much for your time and your show yeah. and your, all your information. And excited to see what, what, what else you cover in the, in the 518. And uh, happy Halloween to you. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's the season. It's the season you. for all of us.
Thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And I will gladly take you up on that to to come on again. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Please please come back. I can't wait to not sleep tonight. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, thank you to D Scott for being our amazing producer and uh, show engineer. Appreciate you. And thank you, Michelle, as always, for being my friend and sidekick. I love it. Um, And thank you to all our listeners for your continuing to send in suggestions and ideas and subscribing, sharing and liking us. Please keep us, uh, you know, informed on what else you want to hear and learn about um, whether it has to do with paranormal or even dipping into a little bit of the the serial killers. So uh, thank you all and and hope you sleep well. I was sitting in my room, dark and gray and crying. Someone in my life, I fear, was at the point of dying. A cold wind blew right up my spine. It was the break of dawn. A little voice way deep inside told me she was gone Where she fell